Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, doing well, doing well. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, we do have just the one game to review this week. Uh, it feels like we're finally kind of coming out at the other side of a pretty packed month. A um, couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, all, all through February, it was pretty packed in. Um, just a game against West Brom to review. Um how did we'll start off with how did, how did you see the game? Um, disappointing 2 0 loss, I guess, with a bit of um potential for a good result against them, which wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think going into it, we we were hopeful, um, especially after a, a pretty decent win against Peterborough. Yeah, look, the first half, uh, up until I guess West Brom scored, we I don't think we looked at all at the races. I think we were very slow, we weren't winning many second balls. Uh, and I think the goal speaks for itself. Uh, just too much time uh, on the ball for Mowat. Put a ball in. No one's tracking Grant uh, and, and, and puts it right in. Um, that we finished the first half a lot nicer. We were putting together some really good play. Um, and, and it looked like the second half was going to be our chance to come out and, and really take it to them. Pretty bad mistake from Greavesy. Uh, puts us 2-0 behind and then from then on it was, you know, they just sat back as classic Brucey does and, and we just piled on the pressure but we couldn't really do much with it. Yeah, that's right. It, it seemed as if um, it seemed as if we were really coming into it at the end of that first half um, created the best chances. I thought I thought Lewis Potter had a pretty decent game. It's um, surprising in a way, I guess, just because it seems as if in most of those losses and especially most of those performances at home, um, he's generally pretty quiet, but I thought he actually was looking pretty good um, out there in, in this one. Um, I, I guess my biggest issue almost with the lineup, because we did go in unchanged from the uh, the Peterborough win, um, I, I don't know how I feel about Tyler Smith being up top on his own. I don't know what your, what your thoughts on that are, but I guess we sort of played with Lewis Potter and Honeyman in behind him. Um, I'm not sure if I'd, I'd rather have someone like an Eves up top with him. Yeah, and, and I wrote a note here. I think i got to give credit to, to Smith in that game, especially in the first half. I think he was making a lot of runs in behind, holding the ball up. I think he drew three or four fouls, which was nice to see, uh, given his stature against the, the defenders of Brom. Uh, I agree, though, if we're looking at kind of the way we play, um, our defense kind of liked to, to launch the ball up and, and too, too many times, Smith just can't do much about it. Mm. Um, compared to someone like Eves leading the line and just holding the ball and letting players run off, i.e. KLP usually does that. It was nice to see him come off the bench, though. Uh, I think yeah. it, it at least gives us a little bit of hope that, you know, potentially next game uh, he he could start. He had, a, he had two decent chances in the second half as well. Uh, one blocked by a defender, the other just leaning leaning a bit back, uh, went over the bar. But, yeah, yeah I, that, I agree. It, it, he had that chance as well where it, I think it was given as a foul against him. Bit of bit of strength. You probably go, yeah, maybe it's 60-40 a foul or whatever. But um, it shows that he has that sort of physicality to offer, which I don't think Marcus Force necessarily offers and certainly Smith doesn't really offer. So he he's almost a, a unique option in that sense up forward if he can get that balance right of not being overly physical. Um, I would hope if he was back fit for this week off the bench that he'll be uh, in a position to start the next game against Birmingham. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's it's a very, very stark, like, I, I don't know if I should be comparing it, but he kind of reminds me of Andy Carroll. Yeah. 
Um, That's always the comparison, I think, as well. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's it's a very, very stark, like, I, I don't know if I should be comparing it, but he kind of reminds me of Andy Carroll. Yeah. Um, he, that's always the comparison, I think, as well. And I, probably the hair. The, um, it's the hair, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's the, the one thing I would say I'd probably give fours and maybe Smith, I mean, I've yet to see it from fours, is I just don't rate Easy as a finisher. I rate him as someone who holds up play. And I yeah. think given the way we play, it makes the most sense to have someone like him up front because Eves, McLaughlin, uh, Jones, they're all launching the ball up. So if we can get someone like Eves, bring it down, bring other players in, then it works for us. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I guess speaking of strikers, I probably should have started with uh, with this as well, but um, great to see the uh, Chris Jordan stand uh, unveiled. We'd had the announcement um, a few days before the game as well. Obviously the record goal scorer for the club being honoured in a pretty awesome way. Um, I'd like to see, I mean, it's hard, I guess. I've, I've heard a few people say, you know, there's a lot of players that they could see, you know, having stands named after them. You've got like Ashby as the captain through four divisions, uh, Jock Davidson as the, the record games holder, uh, Wagstaff is the other big goal scorer as well. So there's a few options there, but it, it would be nice to sort of see if we can get the um, the stands with uh, names or even if they don't want to, if they don't, don't want to sort of, uh, use up all of the stands too quickly. Like, you know, even just a couple, you know, statues outside the ground or other things like that would be great to see to honour some of these great players from the past. Yeah, and I think it, it, I think it's probably won the fans over a little bit more, especially with new ownership coming in. Um, it, it just, it feels more like a club that cares about its history now. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what really speaks to me about what's happened, especially with the stand. And I, I'm looking forward. I mean, there's apparently an announcement that's meant to happen at some point in the future. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten all about that. The uh, groundbreaking sort of, you know, yeah. shock the footballing world. So, uh, look, I am I think everything that's so far happened, other than potentially the sacking of McCann, uh, has been done with the, with the supporters in mind, uh, yeah. especially, you know, the two-pound games. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see kind of the direction that the club's going now. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I guess just fi- finishing up on the game itself, second half, we, we've sort of touched on there already. I mean, good to see Elia up back as well. Um, Said Manesh back off the bench as well with Eves. Um, starting to get some of those players back. Baxter's kind of approaching fitness, I guess, was the word from Shotter as well. So competition for Ingram, who, who to be fair to Ingram, had, had a pretty reasonable game, I'd say. Yeah, I I think he he made some great saves. He couldn't he couldn't do much for the first goal, uh, yeah. and seconds a penalty. So it's really yeah. kind of fifty fifty. Um, but yeah, no, pretty excited to see that some of our players are back. Uh, I know that it's not really covering this game, but but Wook scored two goals for the under twenty threes this morning, uh, and Shotter was watching that game. So definitely, I think calls for at least a bench position for Wilksy next game. I know he was completely left out of, of this one, so hopefully that's not an injury. Yeah, uh, well, injury yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, I assume it's not an injury if he's playing in the under-23s as well. Yeah. Um, it might have just been a case of we do just have quite a deep squad now, so there are going to be players left out of that um, that match day squad um, just just on just on merit, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, was good to see. Okay, um, I guess there's nothing left to it, but we'll go through our MVP votes now um, and then we'll move on to some off-field news. Um, a few pieces coming through over the last 24, 48 hours on that front. Um, I guess for me, MVPs, I'd, I'd probably give the three votes to Smallwood. I think he was just about just just in front of KLP for me for the man of the match. Um, I thought he was at the heart of a lot of the good that we did in the game um, and was, you know, especially that second half of the first half that we've sort of touched on. Um, I think he was, you know, that that interplay with KLP for that big KLP chance um, was really good to see as well. Uh, and yeah, so then KLP for the two votes, I think he was probably just about our most attacking player. Um, and then I've gone Honeyman for the one vote um, who I thought had one of his better games as well. I thought he was um, a bit quieter in recent weeks, but, but really came to the fore in a game against pretty strong opposition. So a, a good showing from him as well. Yeah, I, I'd agree with the three uh, the three players. Probably not the order. Uh, I'd still put KLP up top. I think if yep. anything was going to come out of the game, it was going to be through him. Um, some great chances. Should have put us level or at least a, t- a shot on target and then did have a pretty decent long-range shot on target. Um, Smallwood, yeah, pretty commanding, pretty strong in that, in that position. And then Honeyman, just creativity-wise, uh, was always going to be there, was running hard. So yeah, I I'd think almost, you go. Sorry, I was just going to say I almost would have given Greaves a vote if not for uh, giving away that penalty. I think I think his second half, uh, he was definitely trying to make up for that penalty, but yeah, probably just didn't quite. Yeah, see him. yeah, he was, uh, and and it was sad. It was kind of disappointing to see that we just weren't making the far post runs. Yeah, I think all the time, and and I call Longman out for it because he had a very average game when he came off the bench. Um, it was very much cut the ball. Like they, they expected he, uh, Greavesy to cut the ball back, but three times he hadn't. So surely by the third, you realize that that's not what's happening. Yeah. Um, and Greavesy as a whole, I think our defenders need to learn how to use their weak foot. It's starting to, to really show. They get caught in a position that they just can't clear the ball. I was amazed. I can't remember which which game it was where we had the back four that were all left footers, and I was yeah. amazed that it didn't cause us more issues than it did yeah. because yeah, yeah, it just seems like none of the, none of our players can use their weak foot, which no. I just I find a little bit amazing as a professional footballer that you can't use your weak weak foot when you know. Yes, I'm 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 nowhere near as good a footballer as any of them, but I can at least play adequately off both feet. You'd think yeah. as you get better, you're getting better at the same rate on both feet, but. It's it's yeah. not it's not just football. It's all codes. It's you know it's a really weird phenomenon that a lot of players just can't use their other foot, which doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, yeah, bit of a tangent. But yeah, all right. Um, well, we'll move on then. There there was a bit of off field news um, during the week. A couple of things, probably a bit smaller than others. Um, Callum Jones joining Grimsby Town on loan a couple of days ago. I think that was um, good move for him. I guess to get more experience at national league level. Um, you know, he was sort of in and around the squad this season. I get the sense, I would hope at least, that next season, if he's not going to be in our squad, he can get a loan to like a League One club or something where he can really kick on. Um, I think I think he looks he looks pretty good. I, I'd, I'd be quite happy to have him around the squad, but it also seems to be the case if we're going to be strengthening and, and kind of um, taking that next step up, that maybe, maybe he's just one of those unlucky players who kind of gets forced out because there's just not a spot for him. Yeah, and, and I think it all comes down to what we do in summer. Uh, but I think it is a, a really great move for him, at least to get some football. Uh, I think he has been playing with the under-23s, 
but yeah. it'd be nice to get that, you know, National League level. Uh, if anyone, it was always going to be Grimsby. I feel like we we probably send them half of our squad. So it'll be nice to see uh, what happens to him and, and how he comes back. But I think he's probably learned a lot being around our squad so far. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a few years ago now, but I remember it used to be North Therapy that we'd send everyone to, and yeah. then they've sort of dropped off a bit. And Grimsby have sort of dropped off as well because Grimsby used to be like League One, League Two level, and they've only been relegated. I think it was last year to the National League, but they're sort of becoming that that new feeder club, which um, you know maybe Scunthorpe's going the same way as well. They're pretty close to home as well. Yeah. Um, I guess the bigger news is the announcement that Tony Pennock's leaving end of the season. I think that only broke today, so pretty fresh news. Um, it's The way it's worded, it's basically as if he's just looking for a new opportunity. He's just serving out his notice period now at the club for the remainder of the season. Um, and, and as people have pointed out already, I mean, he, he's had such a big impact on our youth setup. He was essentially, from memory, brought in, I think he was brought in from Swansea um, when we went up to an academy uh, Category 2 status. And he brought through Jared Bowen. He brought Lewis Potter through from the um, from the academy. He's brought numerous other, you know, Greaves and everyone as well. I'm sure um, through from the academy. He's had a huge impact in overhauling that whole system. Um, and I guess the concern I, I tweeted about it earlier. I guess the concern is it's not something that you'd necessarily see overnight having an impact on the club. But over two, three, four years, if we don't adequately replace him, um, you'll start to notice a difference in, you know, not as many players coming through from the youth team. Um, not bringing bringing in or identifying um, good young players around the country who might be you know available for us to sign things like that, which um, I'd want to kind of keep going. Yeah, I think it's a huge loss, and and I'd be interested to know if there's actually more to it. Um, mm. He's been instrumental in our under twenty three setup as well, and as you, you know, you said bringing in Bowen. I mean, that was huge in itself, and and helping raise KLP. The part I'm I'm slightly worried about is that I think our youth and our under twenty threes is potentially what separates us from other championship clubs. Definitely did League One clubs, um, and I think it was the strongest component of our club, and probably what made yeah. it such an enticing purchase for Archon. So I want to know that there's someone coming in to replace him. I don't think there is anyone yet. Obviously, you know we've still got a couple couple months left of the season. But I think that hire is going to be crucial for the next, as you said, two to three years of our club, especially like the growth and and development of hopefully local players as well, not just sourcing yeah. them, but but really helping our local team. And we've got such a big catchment area now. And I think I think it was a journal was actually saying it as well when when talking about the purchase of the club that we're the biggest club in quite a large area of the country. Um that Theoretically, there's quite a large group of talented uh, youngsters to draw upon as as players to come through the academy. Um, and I think it was something I sort of raised when Arjun first took over the club is wanting to get that reassurance or that insight into his plans for the academy and what where he saw that, that um, aspect of the club in the overall strategy and picture for the club. So as you said, I mean, it's it's concerning if it was a decision or a or a sign, I guess, of the direction we're going to be going in over the next few years, whether we're going to say we don't care as much about the academy, which I think would be a big mistake. As you said, I think dropping into League One and having, you know, your Fleming, your Greaves, your Lewis Potter, your um, Jones, you know, all of these guys coming through from the academy just stepping into that first team at that level 
let alone, you know, you're selling your Bowen for 20, 25 million pounds to basically sustain the club. Um, Josh Tymon as well, coming through the academy and going for, for I think he didn't actually go for that much money, to be fair, but, but sort of that sort of player. Um, it's a really important aspect of the club, which, you know, can sometimes be forgotten about when you become much more short-term focused and you say, well, this resource is costing us all this money. Let's, you know, cut that resource and instead we'll put the money into signing players and stuff. You go, okay, that's all right for a sugar hit for a couple of years, but this is like a long-term asset that's really benefiting the club. So you'd hope that that's not the start of what this is. Yeah. And I think we'll probably gloss over him as well, but Connor Townsend, uh, mm. he was he was with us. He went off to Grimsby, yeah. went off to Scunthorpe as well. Uh, he was... He probably was was quite close to Pennock. I think Pennock had had done a lot of work with him as well, and now he's keeping us goalless uh, yeah. at West Brom. So I think we've seen it work incredibly well over the last five to six years. Yeah, and the con- yeah the concern is there's no vision for that going forward, or at least not a public vision. Yeah, that, that the, the the supporters can buy into. Yeah, I think Townsend was. I feel like that was that era when we had like we had Dudgeon. Figueroa, and then we bought Robertson. And I think it was when we yeah, bought we Robertson. A lot of left backs. It was like, yeah, when when Robertson came in, it was like there's not really going to be a path for Townsend into the first yeah. team. And it was just one. Of, and that's what I wonder in a little bit with um, Callum Jones, to see if it's going to be similar where we're just sort of, it's it's that wrong timing where you've got your Flemings and so on who've found their place in the first team already. But if they haven't, like a Callum Jones, we might be looking outside to get a stronger player much more quickly. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, last piece of off-field news, which was sort of brought up a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, uh, is the two-pound game against Luton, second one after that game against Barnsley, hopefully with a much better result. Um, and I guess the big news with this one is that the West Stand Upper will be opened up, which, um, you know, there's always a bit of noise on Twitter from people saying, well, I'm not going back until I can get my seat in the in the Upper West Stand and blah, blah, blah. So, Basically, Jun's basically saying, I'm going to give people absolutely no excuse to not come along. I'm going to do everything that you want me to do. Um, and, I mean, theoretically, having that stand open means we could have 25,000 there, which I don't think we will. But if we're kind of getting close to 20,000, if we're getting 19,000, 20,000 sort of thing, that, that'd be a pretty awesome crowd. Yeah, I think I think he just wants people getting to the games and, and supporting. I think all the players have said since... Not, I'm not sure if they've said it since he's come in, but you can tell that there's there's a bit more buy-in from the supporters now. And and I think with having the £2 tickets and an, another portion of the stand open, there really is no excuse, Yeah, especially if you live there. I yeah. think, I mean, I made the four-and-a-half-hour trip up from, from Loughborough when I was there, uh, and people who are in Hull probably have... Which, which game did you get to? I forget. Was it that I, was at, I was at Stoke where Bowen scored a free kick. It was a oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And that, that was at the KCOM, wasn't it? That was yeah. home game. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Stand. Uh, yeah, was you great. and I have both had better experiences of our first games at, at home than uh, Paul Mitch has. I think yeah. he, his first game at home was the Brentford game where we lost like 5-1 or something. Ooh, yeah, but I think, was that the game where Tafazoli scored like the crazy goal from our, for our, from our own half or something? Could have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully like, a better result this yeah. time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, Barnes' game was a bit of a letdown um, as so. a two-pound game. So it, it is curious. I mean, our home form all season has been pretty poor, um, this um, this West Brom game included. Um, and then so we'll see what happens with Luton 
coming up. Um, but before that, we do have the game against Birmingham this weekend, um, away game uh, against Lee Boyer. Uh, club that's a bit sort of disrupted at the moment. They've been a bit disrupted all season. They've sort of gone on a few little streaky winning runs to sort of keep them away from the relegation zone. Um, but, you know, if you believe the image circulating on Twitter about the supposed planned protest, um, hard to know how serious it is given the, the way it's sort of worded. But the idea mm. supposedly is that they're, they're all going to bring along big dildos to say, you know, to let the owners know that they're being dicks. Yeah. Um, we'll see if that actually happens. I don't know. They're supposedly meeting up at a pub beforehand to see who's got the largest dildos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how serious it actually is. Typical but I guess, Birmingham. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we beat them 2-0 last time. I think from memory this was the game where Longman crossed it from slightly over the byline and then there was the bottles being thrown on the pitch and, and Baxter drank from one of them. I, th- I think that was the same game, if I'm not mixing two games together. Uh, I I do not remember. It was if, I know it was definitely 2-0, but I'm not sure if that, that was the game. Yeah, it was definitely the Baxter drinking from the bottle. I can't remember if it was when Longman... Um, no, it was, a, it, was a, it was Honeyman and Wilkes who had both scored. Uh, but unsure if it was. Oh, okay. I don't know who who the Longman one was against them, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was this was the bottles at at the um, MKM. I'm pretty sure. Um, two wins in five for them as well, so they're not in too shabby form. I I sort of posed the question on on Twitter today, um, talking about this episode. But I almost feel like, and I don't I don't want to jinx it or anything like that. But I almost feel like if we were to win this game, I'd just about call us safe. I think. Well, ha- ha- how do you see the um, table at the moment? Yeah, so I am very cautious saying if we win because every single time I have been on this, we have well, lost the next game. So I apologize in advance to anyone who listens to this if we do lose. Um, I, I, will say, I will say you did have your little two-minute cameo on the uh, TakeOver episode and we did beat Blackburn afterwards, I think. So, so I'll, keep uh, my cameos to two minutes. Well, that's right. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. I'll, I'll pull up the table just while we're talking about it. So we've got a reference point. Yeah. yeah so what's that? Thir- 13 points clear, same games played as Derby. Yeah. And if we, I mean, if we beat Birmingham, we're level with po- with points on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we call it safe yet. I think it's it's a bit hard. Barnsley and Peterborough both have two games. True. Uh, in hand so it's two games in hand but you're also saying you look at that peter perform line for instance oh barnsley fair enough it's yeah, they're, barnsley they're that's concerning yeah. and then reading as well um those would be the two that i would say might pose the biggest threat i think on when we look at kind of stats and and what's gone on we have one we've lost one in five away and i think that probably plays nicely kind of into our hands um but that being said, that loss was against Derby and it was 3-1. That was a pretty pretty hefty loss for us. Yeah. So I'm I'm slightly hopeful. Obviously, I'm gonna say we're gonna lose because facts, you know, it, it that's that's been the case. I sort of yeah, because I sort of look at this run over what's that, the next four or five weeks. So after Brum, we've got Coventry, Luton, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Cardiff. Obviously, those Huddersfield and Middlesbrough games are probably yeah. the toughest two of that six. That Cardiff game, if, if we're not going to say Birmingham is safety, depending on how those Co- Coventry and Luton games go, I'd, I'd say that Cardiff game is definitely the opportunity. I'd hope we're not leaving it till then. 
because what's that? That's that's one, two, three, five, five games remaining before going into that. Yeah, and it's just sort of what I was saying to Dan last week is that you know mathematical safety would definitely be probably the last yeah. know, five that, games. That that Reading game though is also pretty big. I think it's the second last game of the season right before Forest. But as as you said, I wouldn't want to be leaving it to the second. No, last game I, of course not. One. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it's. I think we do need to make some changes to the starting eleven going into Birmingham. Yes, I was going to ask you actually. Yep, yeah, we'll go back to the game itself. Um, yeah, so changes for this game and then score yeah. prediction. Yeah, so changes. Um, I I really want to give Sayed Manesh a run. Uh, I think he looked lively at the end of the game. Wasn't making too many passes, wasn't connecting, but he was running a lot. Uh, and I think that kind of pressure probably helps. Um, I would probably flip it completely on its head and I'd actually have, have Wilkes, Sayad Manish and KLP as the front the old, three. The old mosquito fleet like last season. Yeah. Just able to I, rotate. Yeah. It's not I, bad. Yeah. I, I think one, it's just not what Birmingham probably expect, but also bringing on Eves at like 60 minutes, 70 minutes, like Eves does his best work. One, when he's fresh, but two, when opponents when are everyone else slower. Isn't. Yeah, uh, and and no, that's just he's a tall guy. Like he's not the fastest, but I think he works really well in that kind of environment. Uh, but I think having Wilkes, especially after two goals this morning, uh, and then showing kind of a bit of faith in in Sayed Manesh would be good for him. Um, I don't know what's happened to Longman. It seems as if he just needs a little bit of time to get back into to full fitness. Uh, yeah. Unlike- and I almost wonder, I mean, he was playing his best football at right wing back and then he got shifted up to part of the front three and it didn't yeah. seem to work out as well for him. So I just wonder if it's a case of, uh, I, I don't know, just, just being out of position and losing a bit of confidence and, and he sort of lost his spot to Slater now, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much I rate Slater in that position. Um, oh, really? Because we, we, we didn't talk about Slater too much on the game. I, I thought, especially against Peterborough, I thought he looked really good at right wing back. But Against Peterborough, yeah. I don't yeah. think, I mean, I think he just had a really good game. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily his natural position. I would probably play him more central. Um, so would you would you just throw Longman back in there and, and sort of count on Longman maybe being better in a, a more natural position? Or, or would you sort of... It's I guess it's a hard one because you're sort of counting on yeah. Longman bouncing back in, a, in in that position, whereas... I don't know. It's his Slater, position, maybe, yeah. yeah, that no, that's right. That's right. So maybe you do take that that yeah. gamble. But prediction wise, God, I don't even know. I probably four, say four, I, realistically, I probably reckon two one. Say a four nil loss because then that way I'll say two one to Birmingham. Yeah, okay. Because I was yeah. going to say because otherwise that way whatever the result you can say well it was better than you thought. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I probably no, go two one. I think they had a pretty good win against Bristol. Yeah. And it's not like they lack goals. They've been scoring in most of their games. And and if anything, we get very flustered in defense. Yeah. Um, so I do see goals in the game. It's just dependent on who they come from. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I, it, it's one of those games where I feel like I, I'm going to go into it really confident and probably be disappointed. Um, it, it feels like a good opportunity to get just that extra bit of gap on the bottom three. And if Barnsley and Derby were to lose, it does start to get towards safety conversations. Um, 
I'll go with a 1-1 just to be a bit more neutral on it. But um, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think the lineup will definitely dictate a lot of how we do. And I guess the worry as well is that going to that derby game that you mentioned, we did make a lot of changes and that sort of unsettled us. So I wonder if Schotter will pay that attention and not make too many changes this time when actually <clears throat> they'd probably be deserved. Um, so it's a really tough one to know if he's going to stick or twist. But um, yeah, I, I think the lineup, I think when we see the lineup, we'll have a pretty good sense, I would think, of how the game's going to go. So uh, it'll certainly be quite interesting. Um, we've then got um, a game next Thursday morning. So we'll talk about that one next week. But that one, so that's the Coventry game, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one will be pretty interesting as well. I mean, they haven't been in great form. So look, if we can get the win against Birmingham, um, I think that had set us up pretty well. But, uh, look, I guess we'll have to see how it goes. And fingers crossed we can finally break your curse. Yeah, please. It's also <laughs> it's also the second last 2 a.m. game. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, of course, because then the, the clocks are going to... Yeah, so we've yeah. got the Luton game is the last 2 a.m. one and then the rest are a midnight games from then on. Very appropriate. We've got the two-pound game at 2 a.m. But, yeah, it'll be nice to get back to midnight games, I think. it's This is probably the year that I've felt it the most. I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a struggle this year more than most. Um, yeah, I agree. Performances haven't helped. Yeah, that, that's true as well. Um, last year was a bit easier when we were winning most games. Um, but cool. No worries. No, thank you for joining me for this one, Mike. No stress at all. Thanks for having me. No, wor- no worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, if you liked the video, as always, hit the like button, smash that subscribe button. Um, stay tuned for all of our episodes. We'll be back this time next week with another review of City's performances for the week. Hopefully a big win against Birmingham this weekend. But until next time, come on City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're out